If we never meet again On this earth, my precious friend If we both been born again From Christ's blood, been cleansed from sin Then for us there'll be a greeting For there's going to be a meeting I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you at the meeting in the air. There with our blessed Savior will live and reign forever. I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. To our loved ones let me say that there surely come a day when the Lord will come again and will take His bride away. So get ready now to meet Him and with hallelujahs greet I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you at the meeting in the end. There with our blessed Savior will grow so many attachments on this world, and especially in the church, just people that you, you get to know, you grow to love, and you never know, you know when they can go. People sometimes they, they die on you, sometimes they move away and you never see them again. But as a believer, if they're a believer, you know you're going to see them again. It's not over. And I love that song. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this morning we're going to be speaking about the rapture. And if you do not know what the rapture is, this morning if you pay close attention, you will not only know exactly what it is, you'll know more than just about everybody. At least I hope so anyway. You will be an expert on this subject. Anyway, I always tell people that after they hear my lessons, but sometimes I, uh, maybe, I, maybe I end up losing them. But um, I have a ton of notes a ton of Scriptures that I want to cover. And I, I know we probably won't get to all of it today. I promise I won't keep you real long unless you all are just looking like you're really excited and having a good time. And man, I'll, I'll, I'll keep on going as long as you want. And I just want to say too, on this subject, um, this is actually, it's always been kind of a touchy subject. Even going back to the time of the Apostles, if you look at uh, Acts chapter 23, at verse 6, I love this story. Paul, he's kind of gets taken before uh, the council. He's kind of in trouble once again. 
And in verse 6, it says, But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he notices the crowd. He sees who he's around. He's got Pharisees and Sadducees. Listen to what he says. He cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, am I called in question. And that resurrection of the dead, when he had said that, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. Why? Because the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And something you're going to see today, the rapture, you won't find the word rapture in the Bible, but you will see in the Bible it was always called the resurrection. And that is uh, was taught throughout the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament, and we're going to show you that in a little bit, but he brings up the resurrection and immediately they all just start fighting with each other. And I, can you just picture all these groups of you know Jews together and the resurrection is mentioned and well, ah, there's no resurrection. Yeah, there is. You know, and they, they all hated each other and they all started fighting. And when it comes to you know, prophecy type stuff, when it comes to end time stuff, people love to fight about it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I do too. Okay, I mean, I... I have an opinion on just about everything when it comes to end times. You know, some things I know this is right. Some I'm like, well, you know, you can disagree with me there. I'm, you know, not 100% positive. And, uh, you know, unfortunately with many people, you disagree with them on anything. They're not your friends anymore. And I'm not going to, and there's a lot of rabbit trails that we could go down on here today. And I'm going to try to avoid those because we would be here until the evening service tonight. And I don't want to do that to you. I want to focus on the, just the rapture today. And then there's an important lesson that no matter what you believe on this subject, one thing I think we all have to agree on, one thing that's undeniable, and hopefully we will get to that. But... Uh, when it comes to rapture, you know, I said there's there's a lot of different schools of thought. You know, are you pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all that stuff. And honestly, I don't like those terms. I think every one of those terms misrepresent, you know, what I believe uh, in the Bible about those things. And if you tell people you're one of those, they assume a lot of stuff that's not true because there's a lot of things that we've defined them wrong. Um, there's definitions for things that we as religions have just come up with that don't necessarily line up with the Bible, but we'll use Bible terms and we will define them as something that they're not. And as a result of that, if you say, I don't believe in that, well, you don't believe the Bible. It's like, no, I don't believe in your definition of that word. And so what we're going to do, I want us to define the rapture this morning. We're going to define the rapture. And it's probably a bad word to use because that word's not in the Bible but the resurrection is probably what we should be calling it. And there's a reason we don't call it that. And there's a reason the focus is kind of shift. And you're going to see all that before we're done. But you're going to see that the resurrection is the proper term for it. The resurrection is the rapture. And you're going to see too that there are only two resurrections. One for the saved and one for the lost. I'm going to, I'll, I will show you that there is only one rapture. Okay, there is there is only one rapture. Some people kind of think there's maybe two raptures. There's one rapture, you know, before the tribulation. Then there's another rapture that's for the Jews at the end of the tribulation. And and I'm not even going to dignify that idea right there. But um, there's one rapture, one resurrection for the saved, and then there's a resurrection for the lost. 
And so we'll see all that. But First Thessalonians 4.13, we're going to read this passage here. This is a passage of Scripture that I don't think anybody would deny is a rapture passage. Everyone agrees this is about the rapture. This is about Jesus Christ's return. Another thing two people sometimes separate is they will separate the rapture from the glorious appearing. Looking for that blessed hope, rapture, and the glorious appearing. And they'll say that's uh, Armageddon. Well, who's looking for Armageddon? Okay, and, and second of all, the appearing is the rapture because the Bible says when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we also shall appear with Him in glory. Sounds kind of like the rapture, doesn't it? So remember that. Remember that. But 1 Thessalonians 4.13 but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Notice what we're talking about. He's talking about people who are asleep or dead, but believers. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The reason this term is changed from resurrection to the rapture is because we're all, since that time, we've been looking for the return of Christ with the hope that maybe we won't even have to die on this earth. In the Old Testament times, they knew the resurrection was something that came in the last day, so they all knew they were going to be dead when that day came. So they called it the resurrection. You and I, we don't like to call it the resurrection because we hope we're going to be alive for it, don't we? We don't want to rise from the dead. We want to get caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, don't we? And so, while we call it the rapture and that's what we're looking for because we're not expecting to be dead, it's still the same event. They just called it that in the Old Testament because they all knew they weren't going to be alive for it. And we'll see some verses on that in a little bit. But then at verse 16, "...for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God." And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ shall rise. Sound like a resurrection, doesn't it? A resurrection from the dead. And they go first. And all my life, I have scratched my head on that. What do you mean the dead in Christ shall rise first? Because we know the rapture from 1 Corinthians 15 we're going to look at in a minute. We see it happens in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So how do you have the dead rising first and then us getting caught up into the sky. If it's in a twinkling of an eye, why does it specify the dead in Christ rising first? It's basically at the same time, right? But that's not what it's talking about. And you'll see what dead in Christ rise first means in a little bit. You That, that secret has been unlocked. Maybe you already knew it, but I didn't. But anyway, uh, verse 17, "...and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them." With who? With the dead in Christ, with the resurrected saints, will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So these are comforting words. We use them a lot at funerals. We use them a lot at graveside services. And you know what? We comfort each other and we excite each other with these words. These are exciting. Uh, this is an exciting passage of Scripture. And then 1 Corinthians 15, this is another rapture passage I think everybody agrees is about the rapture. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep. Not everyone's going to die. There's going to be some that are alive and remain till the return of Christ. But we shall all be changed 
in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I'm thankful we're going to be changed. I don't want to carry this body in its condition throughout eternity. I want to change body, and I think all of us in here would probably agree with that. And so, for the, and how's that going to happen? For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So right here, be just exciting passages. And listen, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to have time to look at some of these, but um, I was reading some stories about a couple people. Uh, one of them, you might know his name. How many's ever heard of Harold Camping? All right, we got some people heard of Harold Camping. Now, Harold Camping, uh, he was he had a big Christian radio program, and he was he was a goofball. And end time prophecy stuff always brings out the goofballs. I'm telling you right now, it, they it just it brings them out. And this guy several times predicted when the rapture was going to happen. And every one of those dates he predicted did not come to pass, making him look like a fool. And he got a lot of people to follow him. He had people selling all their stuff. They had billboards up all over. It was going to happen by this date. And it didn't happen. And he ended up looking like a complete fool. Now, one thing I want to say in his defense. I I think probably every preacher out there, while most of us have learned not to set dates because we'll look like a fool, We've all picked dates that we hoped the rapture would come by. We've all thought about it and tried to predict when it was going to happen. I've done it before. I'll admit it. I've not publicly gotten up and said, this is the day it's going to happen. Sell everything you have. I would not do that because I've learned my lessons from these guys. But at the same time, you know, they can't help it. We get excited about the coming of Christ, don't we? It's something. It's fun to think about. It's fun to hear people talk about. It's fun. And it's fun to pick dates to think, what if it was this day? You know, the next date that everybody's picking is September 23rd, I believe, of this year that's supposed to happen. And that'd be great. But I'm not jumping on that bandwagon because I don't want to look like an idiot. And uh, But Harold Camping was one of those. Another guy that I was, I was reading some of his stuff, his name was Edgar Wisenant, I think is the way you pronounce it. He wrote a book called um, Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? It hasn't happened yet, has it? And you know what? I was reading some of the stuff about it and it was pretty funny. It was pretty goofy. But you know what? We all do that to a certain extent. Most of us don't go out writing books. We don't go publicly setting dates. But we love to talk about it. We love to think about it. Why? Because we're excited about it. We want it to happen, and we've all got our opinions on how it's all going to unfold and how it's all going to unravel, and we get mad when people don't agree with us on it. We like to fight with each other. But, you know, one thing we're going to try to focus on today is the stuff that we know, the stuff that is clear, the stuff that is without a doubt, and we are going to look at all the, not quite all of them, but most of the rapture passages in the Bible, and we want to define the rapture by the Bible. Okay, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, I think everybody agrees those are rapture passages. So, the proper term though should be the resurrection. 
And I'm just going to go through several Scriptures here that I believe are talking about the rapture, but it's referred to as the resurrection. In Job, way back in Job, the oldest book of the Bible. Not the first book of the Bible, but the oldest book of the Bible, Job talks about the resurrection. In 19 verse 23, he said, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book that they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. Boy, if he only knew. It was better than just written with an iron pen and uh, engraved in a rock. It was in the Word of God. And it's still around. And it always will be around. And then verse 25, "...for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body..." Yet in my flesh I or shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. But ye should say, Why persecute we him, seeing the root of the matter is found in me? Be ye afraid of the sword, for wrath bringeth punishments of the sword, that ye may know there is judgment. One thing that we know from the Scriptures is one day Christ is going to return. He's going to rapture us out of here. The dead in Christ are going to rise from the dead. And then the wrath of God is going to be poured out on this world. And Job mentioned it way back then. He's like, my body is going to be destroyed by worms. It's going to be eaten up. My reins are going to be consumed within me. But I will see Him in the flesh. I will see Him. Mine eyes shall behold Him, not another's. He knew one day Job was going to resurrect from the dead. When? At the latter day. At the, at the end. At the, the end times that we are now in. We've been in since John. The time of John. It's been a long time. But we're in that end times. Isaiah 26.19 Thy dead men shall live together with My dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, My people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed For behold, the Lord cometh out of His place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So notice we have resurrection from the dead and then punishment. God's wrath on this earth. John 11.24 in the New Testament, Martha said unto Him, talking to Jesus, I know that He shall rise again, talking about her dead brother Lazarus, in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus had told her, said, Thy brother shall live again. Well, I know he'll rise in the resurrection at the last day. I know he'll live again in the rapture. That's not what they called it then, but they called it the resurrection. They knew they weren't getting raptured because they were going to be resurrected. And that was what they called it. She was talking about what we call the rapture. Exact same event. Um, 2 Timothy 2.16 See, we like, there's always been false doctrine around this area. And it says, "...but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some." There were two guys back in Paul's day saying, hey, the resurrection already happened. Jesus Christ already returned. Y'all missed the rapture or something. I don't know. But He overthrew the faith of some people saying the resurrection is past. Not talking about the resurrection of Christ. That was past. But the resurrection of the saints had not happened yet. Hebrews 
of the doctrine of baptism and laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. The resurrection and judgment. It's always in that order. Luke 20.27 And then came to Him certain of the Sadducees which deny there is any resurrection. And they asked Him and then they brought up that scenario about the woman who had married all these different men that were brothers. They kept dying. None of, them had, uh, none of them had any children by her. And Jesus answering said to them, the children of this world marry and are given in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die anymore for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Okay, And, and the resurrection in heaven, we're not going to have kids after that. Okay, All your kids you're going to have, you're going to have them while you're here on earth. After you rise from the dead, that part's done. And Jesus Christ mentioned that resurrection of the dead. Talking about the rapture. So, right here we see most of the Bible refers to this event as the resurrection. Dead saints rising from the dead. Okay, And so now I want us to go back to these main rapture passages that everyone agrees is about the rapture and let's define the rapture from the Bible. That's the best way to define things. And so, first of all, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15, we see in the rapture, Christ returning in the clouds. Verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now that's a pretty noticeable event, isn't it? Jesus Christ coming in the clouds and us getting caught up to meet Him. That's a pretty noticeable event, right? It's, you know, I don't think that part of history has been passed and we missed it, has it? And it's not going to happen more than once. It's a one-time thing. So Jesus Christ comes in the clouds. No doubt about that. And then in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And He shall send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Did you all see Jesus Christ in the clouds again? Jesus Christ coming in the clouds. We see it in First Thessalonians. We see it in Matthew 24 and Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, He cometh with clouds and every eye shall see Him. So we see that Jesus Christ returning in the clouds. Also, in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, we see the voice of the archangel. Okay, The voice of the archangel. Now, who is the archangel? Many times people say, well, there's three archangels. There's Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Okay, Well, first of all, the Bible never called Lucifer an archangel, and it never calls Gabriel an archangel. Michael is the archangel. So remember that when it says the voice of the archangel, that's Michael. That's gonna, we're, gonna see, we're gonna see that here in a little bit. So we see the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. We see a trumpet being blown. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, we see at the last trump it mentions, and what everybody agrees is a rapture passage. And then in Matthew 24, verse 31, 
which we read, and He shall send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet. Okay, So we see Christ in the clouds. We see the trumpet. We've got the archangel. So clearly the rapture is an event where Jesus comes in the clouds, where there's a trumpet blown, and where there's the voice of the archangel, Michael. Alright? All that we get from 1 Thessalonians. And then, the resurrection of the dead. How do you miss that? The dead in Christ will rise first. 1 Corinthians 15.52 and It says, "...the dead shall be raised incorruptible." And I know I'm jumping all over the place in the Bible here. and I've got all the Scriptures laid out. I'm not flipping back and forth. I'm not that fast. And then in Matthew 24, verse 31, "...and He shall send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. So we see a collection going on. We see a gathering together going on. And what does it say in 1 Thessalonians? That we which are dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. So we see that in 1 Thessalonians, the dead are being caught up with those who are alive and remain, aren't they? We're being caught up together with them. There's a collection going on. Who's he going after? He's going to his elect. Those who are saved. Those are the ones that He's coming back and He's coming to get them before He pours out His judgment on this earth. Before He pours His wrath out on this world. So we see the resurrection of the dead. And there's kind of two phases on this. Go over to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. And this is where we are going to unlock the mystery of the dead in Christ rising first. I'll show you exactly what that means when it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. But Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1 says, "...and at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince..." Michael, okay, the archangel. He's specifically referred to in the Bible as the archangel. "...the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time..." And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. So who are these people being delivered? We're going to see some of them are living and some of them are already dead. Why? Because this is the resurrection. This is the rapture. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I personally believe when we are raptured, that it is very similar to the transfiguration of Christ. Because a lot of times, you know, if you watch the Left Behind movies, I know they disappear. Okay, that's how it's supposed to happen. But in the Bible, it never says we disappear. It just says we'll be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. And I personally believe it's going to be like Christ. When he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was transfigured and he took on his heavenly form. And you know what? People have always asked you know, what's going to happen to the clothes in the rapture? Well, Jesus, when he transfigured, he was wearing a white shining garment. And I believe that's the same thing that's going to happen to us. So we don't have to worry about getting raptured naked or anything like that. I know that's a bit of concern to some people. You know, you know, you see on the airplanes and the movies all the clothes laying there, and I do believe the clothes will get left behind, but we will not be unclothed. Thank God, thank God for that. But Jesus Christ, he began to shine, didn't he? 
And right here it talks about those be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. The same way it describes Jesus Christ in the Mount of Transfiguration. Why is that happening? Why? Because we're changing. When we see Him, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also be with Him. When we see Him, it is going to change the believers. For those whose Bible says every eye shall see Him. And the Bible says many are going to mourn during that day. And those who, those, obviously those who are lost. Those who are not believers, they're going to be scared to death and rightfully so. And there are many passages we can look at and that we don't have time to go into them when the world sees Him. But us, when we see Him, we're going to be changed. We're going to shine as the brightness of the firmament and we are going to be caught up. And I don't know, I mean, I know it's probably going to happen quick, but man, what an exciting event that's going to be. And so you can't help but get excited about this stuff. But we see here in this passage in Daniel, he said, "Many that sleep, and uh, many that sleep in the dust, some shall shall uh, shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to everlasting shame and contempt." And many people say that's not the rapture because we have saved and lost people being resurrected here. Well, I'll show you how this all plays out. Look at uh, let's go to John chapter five and verse twenty-one. John chapter five verse twenty-one. It says, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent Him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth My word and believeth on Him that sent Me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son to have life in Himself, and hath given Him authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear His voice." And they shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of the damnation. So right here we see those who have done good, those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to rise at the resurrection of life. Those that have not believed, they're going to rise at the resurrection of damnation that comes later, and I'll show you where exactly that happens in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. And this is kind of when it all came to me and I finally got the dead in Christ shall rise first. It just in Verse 4 says, "...and I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the Word of God." which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Those who are rise in the rapture, that's the first resurrection. The dead, Why? Because the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ rise first. The the dead in the devil or the dead uh, that are not in Christ, 
they will not live again until the thousand years are expired. Verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years. Those who rise in the rapture, the second death has no power on them. Those who are dead in Christ, they don't have to worry about a second death. They will never die again. They will live forever. They will live with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years were finished. Like, and that's what the dead in Christ shall rise first. If somebody that you know and love, if they are a believer, they are going to rise from the dead at the coming of Christ. They're going to be, you're going to be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ will rise first, but the rest of the dead, they're not going to live until after the thousand year millennial reign of Christ where they're going to stand before a great white throne of judgment. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and Him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And guess what happens to everybody that's judged according to their works? And it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. This is that second resurrection, the resurrection of the lost. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Everyone who is judged by their works ends up in hell. And that's a good reminder to us of that verse in the Bible that says, "...for by grace are ye saved through faith." It is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you want to try to work your way into heaven, go right ahead, but you're going to end up before the great white throne. And you will not make it. Nobody makes it at the great white throne. Those who believe, like we saw in John, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those are the ones that Christ is going to rise, raise from the dead. Those are the ones that are going to get caught up in the rapture and that will be with the Lord, but the rest of the dead, those who did evil, those who didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who rejected, they are not going to rise until after the thousand years where they will stand before a great white throne of judgment, get judged according to their works, and will be cast into a lake of fire. And that is... That is not exciting right there, but that is that is the truth. So we see the rapture there. Uh, we, see, we see the resurrection of the dead. In verse 17, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. And that's where we get the rapture term from. It's, it's, it means kind of a catching away. And that's what the Bible says. We are going to be caught up. How are we going to be caught up? Well, who's going to catch us up? Well, we'll, find, we'll see that. And um, lost my spot. Matthew chapter 24, verse 31. It says, And He shall send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. How are they going to get us? He's going to send the angels after us, and they are going to catch us up and take us up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 1 Corinthians 15.51 Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be Changed. Okay, when does that happen? How do the angels know which ones to get? Well, those of us who believe when we see Christ, we're going to be shining as the brightness of the firmament. It's going to be real obvious, isn't it? Who's saved and who's not? You got somebody shining like the sun and somebody that looks normal? It's going to be pretty easy for them to spot us too. 
And the Bible says too, before that happens, the sun's going to be dark and the moon's going to be turned to blood. It's going to be a time of darkness. The song says, you know, on that bright and cloudless morning, but the Bible says, behold, he cometh with clouds. <laughs> and we see there, there's going to be darkness when Jesus Christ returns. And it's going to be real obvious who the believers are. And those angels are going to come and they are going to snatch us up. They're going to take us up into heaven. And so we see in 1 Thessalonians 4, we see Christ returns in the clouds. We see the voice of the archangel. We see the trump of God. The resurrection of the dead. We see that catching away. We see that change that takes place in 1 Corinthians 15.51. This mortal is going to put on immortality. Every bit of this takes place at that glorious appearing. At Christ's appearing. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Titus 2.11 Teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, The glorious appearing. No, that's at Armageddon. No, looking for His glorious appearing. Colossians 3.4 When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with Him in His glory. That sounds kind of like the rapture, doesn't it? Unless you want to get raptured at Armageddon. And I don't believe that's where it's at. But we see that when He appears, His appearing, that's what changes us. When we see Him, that's what changes us. 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That's what happens at the rapture. Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds. We see Him. And those who believe are changed. We're transformed. We put on immortality. We put off the incorruption. And even those who sleep in the dust of the earth, they're going to awake. They're going to rise. They're going to see Him. They're going to be changed. And all of us at the same time, we are going to be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Right there we see the rapture. And so, we could now spend the next four hours arguing about how it's all going to play out, when it's going to happen, what terminology we should use to explain what we believe. We could do all of that stuff if we wanted to. But the truth is, of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Whether you are pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, none of us know when it's going to be. And go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Okay, so why would God tell us all this stuff about it? Why would He tell us all the things He did about the tribulation? Why would He tell us all the things about this, you know, those six seals? Why would He tell us all the stuff about the wrath of God and the trumpets and in the vials? Why would He tell us all that? You know, why would He tell us, you know, things like the abomination of desolation and the midpoint of the Daniel 70th week and all this technical stuff that we get into and argue about, but us not be able to figure out the day and hour? You know, and and why why is that? Well, because we're always supposed to be ready. I don't care what you believe on this subject, today you should be ready for the return of Christ. But you know, based on what you believe, you can say, no, I don't have to worry about Him coming today. Today's obviously not that day. Certain things haven't played out. 
Well, you know what? You better be ready because it's very clear in the Scripture some people aren't going to see it coming. They're not going to be ready. And we're supposed to be ready in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage till the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not till the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. Then one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. It is very clear that you could, you know, I think I can argue with the best of them on how the end time things are going to play out. But one thing I can't deny is that I don't know when Christ is going to return. And it is very clear that it could happen when I'm not expecting it. And therefore, I need to be ready all the time. I need to be ready for it today. I I want because uh, well let's keep let's keep on reading some scriptures Matthew twenty five thirteen says watch therefore for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh Mark thirteen thirty two but of that day and that hour knoweth no man know not the angels that are in heaven neither the Son but the Father take heed watch and pray for ye know not when the time is uh, Matthew twenty four forty eight but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart my Lord delayeth his coming give it a parable there and people someday are going to think hey man it's a long way off. I can slack off in my Christian life. We've got time left. There's plenty of time. Things aren't bad enough yet. There's things that have got to play out. If you say, my Lord delayeth is coming, He's going to come when you're not expecting it. You need to be ready today. Mark 13.36, lest coming suddenly He find you sleeping. You can fall asleep spiritually. You can fall asleep spiritually and not see things coming. 1 Corinthians 1.6 Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm unto you the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the reasons that Jesus did not tell us when He was going to come is because if, if the Lord told us in His Word that He was going to be coming on September 23rd, 2015, guess when everybody would have started getting right with God? Well, in 2015, we got plenty. We'll just wait till the beginning of 2015, and we'll all get right with God. Now, can you imagine what would have happened in the last 2,000 years if everybody's like, "We need to wait. We can just wait. We can wait. We can wait." Christianity would have ceased to exist. Soul winning would have ceased to exist. I mean, it would be bad. He just told us, "You need to be ready. You need to always be waiting." Always watching. First Thessalonians two nineteen. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus at His coming? That's what I want to see more than anything. When Jesus Christ returns, I want to see you all in the will of God. Well, if I'm up here telling you, well, you, we, this and this got to play out, so y'all are okay right now. You got time, and we miss it. We get something wrong. We fall asleep spiritually. And then we're all backslidden on God when He returns. Oh well, Lord, I thought you know we had. I thought we had some time left. I thought you know we had three and a half years. Or uh, uh-uh. where's well, you need to be ready today? No matter what, you, if you're if you are a post seven year person, you need to be ready today. 
It's very clear in the Scripture. God wants you ready today because we could miss it. We might not see it coming. It's like, how could we miss all of those events? And there's so many more Scriptures I could go to on this. You know, Revelation 16.15, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Okay, we've got to keep our garments. We've got to be ready. We've got to stay in the battle. We've got to stay doing right. Otherwise, we're going to fall asleep. And we're not going to see it coming. And people think, how could some of these events are so big and they're so clear, how could people miss it? There's no way. You know, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, his return, it could happen at any moment because all these other things, even though the Bible says stuff like that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, and talks about the abomination of desolation. Well, that's just too obvious. If it's after that, everybody would know when it's coming. Not necessarily. Because every big event that ever happened, we see in the Bible, they missed it. Why? Because they were asleep. The birth of Christ. We can go back and look in Daniel and Jeremiah and Micah and put some things together and you could figure out the year Jesus Christ was going to be born, but nobody saw it coming, did they? Nobody saw it coming. The resurrection of Jesus. Jesus flat out told His disciples when what was going to happen. I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinful men. I'm going to be killed. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. But where were they at His resurrection? Nowhere. Hiding. They didn't see it coming. I mean, every big event, people missed. and Even though they should have seen it. And I personally believe when Christ returns, we should see it coming. And any pastor ought to agree with that because we all love the verse in the Bible that says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? The day of the Lord? The day of Christ? The rapture? As you see it coming, you better take this more serious. Boy, you better, you better be assembling even more as you see it approaching. Why, did, why would He tell us to watch for something that we can't possibly see? That we can't possibly see coming? He wants us watching. But the way we watch is not by figuring out all the details of end times prophecy. You know how we watch for the coming of Christ? By keeping ourselves clean. By living holy lives. By being obedient to God. By winning people to Christ. By you know, sharing the Gospel. doing, Keeping the commandments of God so we will not be ashamed at His coming. That's how you watch for Christ. I hope you study end times prophecy. I love talking about it. I love studying it. But let me tell you, you can have it all figured out. But if you're not keeping the commandments of God, you're not ready for His coming. If you're not fulfilling the Great Commission like He commanded you to do, you are not ready for His coming. You, if you, boy, you better get that stuff taken care of. Those are the things that you need to have figured out. When Jesus Christ returns, He's not going to look it's like, you know what, I'm so ashamed of you. You didn't have all that end time prophecy stuff figured out. You didn't have, you should have known I was coming back this day. You should have seen it coming. It's right there in the scriptures. How'd you miss that? He's not going to care about that. He's going to be wondering, are they living holy lives? Have they been obedient to my commands? Are they doing the things that I commanded them to do? That's what he cares about. That's what's important. And I'll, just for fun, I'll argue that other stuff all day long. I'll, I mean, I love a good debate. 
sometimes I'll even join a false side just because I want there to be an argument. I can't, I can't stand just everybody agreeing. I, you know, you got to have, you got to have some debate in there. So sometimes I'll take another position just to, just to keep things interesting. Uh, uh, maybe I'm not exaggerating, but it's very clear that some will see him coming, some won't. The ones who are watching will. The ones who are not watching, carnal Christians, won't. Revelation 3.1, And the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, if, 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 if thou wilt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So I think we can take that and say if we do watch, we'll see it coming. You know, we might not know the day or the hour exactly, but we are going to know when it's getting really close if we watch. If we do the other things. If we, you know, if we have the works of God. If we're being obedient. I mean, across the board, you can't just pick and choose. Well, I'll be obedient on the end time stuff so I can see the rapture coming, but I'm not doing that other holy living stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to church. I'm not winning. I'm not going to go winning people to Christ. I'm not doing none of that stuff. I'm going to wait for the rapture. That's all I care about. You're not going to see it coming. It's going to come when you're not expecting it, and you're going to be ashamed at His coming. And so, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1, last passage of Scripture, right after 1 Thessalonians 4, our main rapture passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and children of the day. We are not of the dark, of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. You all see that? You're not in darkness that day should overtake you as a thief. Walk in the light. Walk in the light of the Lord. Walk in obedience to His commandments. And listen, I, there's a lot of things in the Bible that when it comes to the end times, I don't understand. I don't completely get. But I believe if I'm obedient to God, if I'm doing what He wants me to do, when I need to know those things, I will know. I will be ready. But I have to prepare myself today. I've got to be right with God today or He's going to come as a thief when I'm not expecting and so I hope that more than anything, I hope I gave you some things that will motivate you to study some of this end time stuff. But more than anything, what I hope you will do is get yourselves ready. Be obedient to the commands of God. Read the Bible and say, hey, are there any commands I'm not keeping? And get busy being obedient. Do what God told you to do so you won't be ashamed at His coming. And so with that, I want us to all stand together.